0: Welcome to Wild and Exposed. Your number one adventure, nature, and outdoor photography podcast. Wild and Exposed is hosted by Mike Morrow, Ron Hayes, and Jason Lopez. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed podcast. We've got a treat for you this week. Uh, we started something that we are going to continue this year with the uh, Creek Bed Boys last year, with the Father's Day episode, and we had Father and Son on the podcast this week. We've got myself and Jason Loftus. Jason coming to us from Utah. How you been, Jason?
1: I've been good, been good. Just got back from a long, extended week, two-week trip to Texas, and had an opportunity to go do a little bit of bird photography while I was there, so that was fun, but
0: doing good. A rare podcast for you as of late, anyway, with you actually being podcasting from home and not from a hotel. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And our special guest, we are going to continue that tradition, or we're going to make this a tradition, and we have a special Mother's Day podcast for you today with Amy Harris from Franktown, Colorado. Welcome, Amy, to the podcast.
2: Thank you. I'm excited. First podcast
0: ever. We're glad we could help. Yes. <laughs> we got you first. So Amy, if you don't know, is the female photographer that you will see everywhere you go. you down be <laughs> walking down a trail somewhere, and there she is. You're walking down a trail 100 miles further south from there, and there she is.
1: <laughs>
0: Amy is uh, known to most of us as Adventure Amy. On YouTube on YouTube on Instagram sorry and literally out all the time and so welcome Amy to the podcast and again thanks for coming on and thanks for agreeing to be a part of this Mother's Day episode
2: absolutely
0: so Jason set this up and and we're gonna go ahead and hit you right away with your favorite ever outdoor experience just to kind of break the ice Does not have to be photographic. It can be anything.
2: Oh, wow. That's a good one. You know, I would have to say that this is a photographic experience probably uh, only because I had just really started photographing wildlife in 2019 and everybody was saying, oh, you haven't photographed grizzlies. You need to photograph grizzly bears. So I went, I took my family to the Tetons and set out to purposely, you know, photograph grizzly bears. And luckily there was a, a brand new mom. She had two cubs, one cub she'd already lost. So she was hanging out in a pretty accessible area. And I was quite excited because this was the closest I'd ever even seen a grizzly bear, let alone she had the cutest little cub. So my family, it's like, great, you got a couple of shots, you know, you're ready to go. I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so they were kind enough to hang out, you know, relaxing in the shade on this big log watching me photograph. Um, and I had the most amazing time. There wasn't a lot of people around. And I think that was the first time that I ever really got to watch Behaviors, you know, it's a mother and her cub. I'd never seen that before, and it just sort of changed me. That was a great moment.
0: Changed you how?
2: Well, first of all, it totally was like, Yeah, wildlife, I love it. Gotta <laughs> keep photographing it. I've been doing portrait photography for well, since 2011 and was pretty burnt out doing portraits. And it was kind of in that moment that I decided, Yeah. I think I prefer photographing wildlife over people, and so since then, I've just set out with the intention to locate, photograph, observe wildlife, and it's put me in scenarios that I really thought I would be in, such as setting out on my own, camping on my own, staying in hotels on my own, flying on my own. Those are things I'd never really done before.
0: Yeah, well, I can tell you every time I've run run into you, and it doesn't matter where, it's on some random trail somewhere, you've always been on your own, just kind of doing your own thing. And that's something that I highly respect. And I also am in 100% agreement with you that portrait photography doesn't hold a candle to wildlife.
2: Plus, I think I actually capture wildlife better than I captured people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Do you still do a little bit of portrait photography?
2: Yeah, I still do. I photographed many families, which was great. I started with them. I might have taken their engagement photos, some wedding photos, maternity photos, newborn photos. And then I did their families every year following. So when they contact me for a portrait session, it's hard for me to say no because I've sort of journeyed with them thus far. So um, I still do that for the people that I know, the people that I've photographed. I don't really take on new people unless it's a friend of a friend who really wants me to do something. But um, I did uh, quite a few senior photo sessions. Uh, My daughter's a senior this year, so she had a lot of friends who wanted me to take their photos. So I did do a lot of that.
0: Yeah, that's fun.
2: Yeah, seniors are fun. I think... Senior girls. <laughs> senior boys are like, nah, let's get this over with. But yeah, right. but senior mm-hmm. boys,
0: you only have to do like two poses. Senior girls, you got 47 outfits and 13 different <laughs> yeah. locations, so...
2: Yeah, it could be fun.
0: <laughs> no, I'm in... more
2: post-work, which is yeah. not fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because those have to be perfect. The bear doesn't care.
2: <laughs> right, but you know, that's another thing I learned early on is I is was trying really hard to over-perfect things that didn't need to be, you know, you learn something new Mm -hmm. all the time. And that was something I learned pretty early on, not to try to perfect something that didn't need to be perfected.
0: The same with people as wildlife and and landscape, sometimes less is more. And I think that that's something Mm -hmm. that I've been mentoring a few people. And that is one of the common themes is people find a new tool. And then just way overuse it and you can watch online every time Lightroom comes out with something it's like yeah you might want to just dial that back just a little bit and and things will be great but so the portrait world how did that translate for you I mean obviously you knew how to run a camera of course but what were the easiest transitions
2: I had gotten my degree in bachelor uh, my bachelor's in speech language speech language and hearing sciences and i worked in the schools and i really was very dissatisfied with that job and uh there was some people there who were doing portraits for like the kindergartners or they would do it like for the fifth grade continuation and i had always loved photography taking pictures of just about anything and everything and i thought well maybe i could do pictures for people um my kids were still young decided to stay home with them and I took probably several like every online class you could imagine about doing you know portrait photography and a couple of workshops um in-person workshops learning how to operate the camera for portraits specifically what gear to have and then I just said okay I'm gonna do this and that's really just kind of how I did it
0: what were the carryovers, the biggest carryovers for you with wildlife? And there's going to be a with part wildlife. B to this question, well, just so you know.
2: Right. Probably <laughs> uh, lighting was one, because if you're doing, I did all outdoor natural light portrait sessions. I didn't do studio. Um, the only time I did, um, you know, that wasn't outside as if I was photographing a newborn, but I still used the home's natural light. I never used any, um flash or studio lighting. So I think um that was important, like a great carryover because I already understood, you know, settings for lighting and good lighting scenarios. Unfortunately when I first started doing wildlife photography, my kids were still fairly young. And as a mom you don't always get to go out at, you know, sunset or sunrise. Those are pretty important times in the household. And so a lot of my opportunities had to be midday opportunities. And I'd always be like, let's, let it be a cloudy day or, you know, partly cloudy day, (laughs) but that was probably the biggest carryover. Um, Setting up my camera was different um, than I was doing with, you know, portraits. Mm -hmm. How so? Well, I'd never used back button focus until I started doing wildlife. Um, so that was, you know, that was a big thing for me to get used to and figure out how to use. And then once I used it, I was like, why haven't I been using this all along for lots of things?
0: Yeah, I still don't. Because I, no, I always move the focus point, so my thumb has to stay free. Mm-hmm. And I never saw the need. I mean, I I don't think I've ever missed a shot because I didn't use back button, but I always move the focus point to know try to get my composition perfect or as close to perfect in camera as I can so I have to keep my thumb yeah. on that joystick instead of you know that that back button
1: well I, I think some of it with these newer mirrorless cameras to it it's a little different I yeah I'm like you Amy I used to shoot with the back button all the time on my 850 and as I moved mm-hmm. into the r5 and the newer technology I've found that I really don't need to use back button Um, and so I toggle quite a bit and with the tracking features, I do have a back button set up for tracking, um, when it makes sense, but I use the shutter for my, um, my, uh, shutter release for the most part anymore, uh, like Ron's talking. So I've kind of gone, used to not do it, did it all the time, then kind of do a, uh, combo of the two, you know, now, so.
2: Yeah. And I've been, with my new R5, I've been doing a little bit of that as well. But before the R5, I, was, I wasn't I was using it yeah, that way.
0: Yeah, that right. is just, right. that's just the cheat code. Yeah, it really <laughs> is.
1: <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the R5. You also just got a new toy, didn't you?
2: I did. I got a two eight.
0: Really? <laughs> the new one? I did. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. really lightweight. And yes. That's a sweet lens. Yes. And it's yeah. nice. Was that... Was that really for nice. Mother's Day? It was not. I actually got it for
2: Christmas. I got it for Christmas, birthday, anniversary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes yes. sense. It was a combo gift. But I hadn't really put it to good use until turkeys. Yeah. I've been photographing a lot of turkeys lately. So.
0: Well, that's a good place to start. Kick it off. Break it in.
2: Yeah, it's been good. I've been liking it.
0: What were the biggest challenges? You, know, you talked about setting your camera up differently, and I kind of interrupted you there. What were the biggest challenges... Um, transitioning from portraits to wildlife because you're you're obviously an outdoor person so that's you know that's Mm -hmm. nothing new for you but as far as photographing wildlife what were your
2: you know I would say one thing I never really changed a lot doing portraits was my shutter speed Um, I changed it on occasion like if I had a family you know and I was trying to have them be more casual And I would say, you know, just sit and, you know, tickle each other or laugh. And I would expect movement. So I might have changed my shutter speed, but I didn't do that very often. I mean, that was a pretty set, um, you know, kind of thing. And when I first started doing uh, wildlife photography, I was not changing my shutter speed appropriately and i was missing a lot of shots so then i had to learn how to set my dials quickly which i hadn't done really with portraits to to you know change my shutter speed really quickly if i needed to as well as my aperture or you know um with my when my camera was set up for portraits i usually just would set you know the settings manually you know um i didn't have all these quick dials i wasn't using all my dials quickly
0: is that something you picked up quick or did that take a little bit of time?
2: Yeah, <laughs> it took me a little bit of time. I kept hitting like the wrong one and I'd be like, that's my aperture. I'm like, Where's my shutter speed? You know, and then I'd have to look at the camera, but now I've got it down. It's quick, you know, quick thinking now.
1: You feel like that's made you more versatile?
2: I think it, of course. I mean, I think in the moment, sometimes there's a lot of things you can be thinking about in the moment, you know, and you're processing that all op- fairly quickly because you're also thinking about the animal and the animal's behavior. And so I think I've gotten pretty good at making those adjustments that I need to in the moment when I'm also thinking about a lot of other, you know, combination of things. As you progress, you know, like I look at some of my earlier pictures, which I just recently did when I was looking through pictures of elk. Um, And I was like, wow, I mean, I really have, Every time I go out now I guess I feel like I am learning and growing but I definitely have learned a bit more about how I like to capture animals and some of my stuff, how I'm capturing them now is you know better than when I first started such as either composition or you know my point of view or whether I like them head on or to the side you know it just depends uh, but I have definitely learned what I like a little more.
1: I like how you said that, how you emphasize how you like to capture them, right? I mean, you're not, you're not stuck in a box still because some people do get kind of, it's gotta be a portrait. It's gotta be head on. It's gotta be whatever, you know, but I like how you you emphasize that, you know, I think that's key is finding your own style. You know, we talk about that a lot. So, and I definitely can tell when I see an Amy shot come on my feed, you know, I can see, I know from your style, from your editing, I can tell it's an Amy shot, you know, and that's a compliment. I mean, I really do believe that. There's there's quite a few photographers out there that I can see when they come across my feet, and I'm very rarely wrong when I guess whose it is because um, I like to try to do that just to see if I can tell. And you definitely do pick up kind of a style in that from people. So, you know, yeah, that, I think you're definitely finding your <laughs> your, uh, your style, your preferred style, and, it, and it's awesome. I really like it. So,
0: Not that he's tooting his own horn. He's never... Never wrong.
1: No, not I didn't. Yeah. Never. I'm not tooting my horn for oh, sure. Oh, you said you
0: were never wrong. <laughs> Something like. That. Oh, well, that part.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, feel, I know. Okay. I know Fair somebody enough. we could ask that might disagree. <laughs> right. So, Amy, with this being the the Mother's Day episode, what are some challenges? I mean, you talked about the the timing, the time of day, that kind of thing. What are some other challenges being a mom mm-hmm. and getting out as much as you do?
2: Yeah, I uh, I think I'd love to, it's funny that you say that you run into me, you know, on a trail or I'm always out. Jason lives in Utah and yet I always run into him mm-hmm. in Colorado, sometimes in Wyoming, you know. Uh, I think it would be nice if I, you know, sometimes it seems easy for the husband to just say, I'm going here this weekend, you know, I'll be gone three days. It's it either it's self-imposed or it just is in my nature. It's not as easy for me to say, well, I'm going to be gone for four days photographing here. You know, um, it's getting easier though, because my kids are older, but, uh, it's still, there are still things that I think as a mother that I need to do. I need to make sure that I've prepared meals or that I've made sure everything is in line and everybody, you know, we all know if there's something that they need to take care of, or, you know, I feel like I have all these things to do for everyone else before I can go somewhere. Um, I think that's just the mom, perhaps because my kids are, you know, my daughter, she's 18, she's graduating and my son is 15 and he'll be 16 in August and then he'll be driving So I think I'm going to have a little more freedom in that sense, but I will probably still always, you know, in the rut for deer, I was gone Mm -hmm. almost every night and I made sure that my family was fed every night that they had food and they weren't, you know, where's mom, where's the food? (laughs) Um, Whether they needed that or not, I still feel like I need to do it.
0: Is that for you or them? I mean, you got a 15 year old son, so they're they're maybe helpless both. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do anything for themselves, but yeah, maybe both. Okay, that's fair.
2: Uh, yeah, maybe both. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it is definitely getting easier. That that need or that now I can say, you know, hey, I'm going to go photograph for four days. You know, I've prepared meals. You guys are going to be fine. Um, that does get a little easier, but I still do all those things before I go just to make sure they're okay. I make them banana bread or pumpkin bread. (laughs) So I have to have some sweets, something good to eat while I'm gone.
0: See that, that hits a little bit close to home for a dad, because your biggest concern as a dad going on a four day photography trip is, do I have everything? Do I have all the batteries charged? Do I have all my memory cards formatted? Is all my gear ready to go? Hey, could you make me something to eat over the next four days? So, I I feel you, but I feel guilty also a little bit. (laughs) Right. Right. My first
2: hug your wife. My first (laughs) thought is not, "Hey, I got to
0: make sure everybody's got
2: dinner." (laughs) Yeah, that's and that's my first thought, and then I take care of all the other things that I need to take care of. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and then of course when I'm there. I feel like I've got to call, make sure everybody's okay. You know, my husband—he go on a trip, and you know, just text. I'm at camp mm-hmm. now, going to bed. You know,
0: <laughs> talk to you in a week. But yeah,
2: <laughs> but I do do, you know, like I was saying, it. Um, taking my camera in tow in the pursuit, you know, in the actual pursuit of, you know, finding animals to capture has really pushed me to be more self-sufficient and do things on my own and not rely on other people to be around with me to help me. And, um, I think in, and you know, in time, you know, like I said, my daughter's, she's going to be going off and my son's going to be, you know, 16 and driving. That might be easier for me to just be like, you guys are fine. I'm going to be gone for a couple of days, but I'll probably still make them <laughs> food. Well, and let's, wrong with that.
1: let's be real too. You, you're such a, such a kind-hearted person and care about people and think about other people so much that you also make food for those in the field too sometimes. So, I may have benefited from some of that. So. <laughs> uh. Yes,
2: yes, yes. I even got a message from Tom it, uh, when you were in Montana, and he said, "Without your banana bread, that's right. <laughs> this would have been a." See? yeah, I, sh- I shared. <laughs> yeah, that was
0: nice to share.
2: Ron, next time I see you, I'll make sure I've got. Yeah, some, I kind of feel. That you know. for you to
0: eat. I feel left. I feel left out. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've never had that on the trail for you. <laughs>
0: so, what have your kids had any desire to go with you, or have you ever done uh, other than the bear trip? Have you done trips together that you know they thought maybe they want to pick up the camera at some point?
2: <laughs> no. So I would say um, when I, I've always loved photography. It started when I was in high school, my parents got me a film camera. And then when I had kids, I got my first point and shoot digital. And then I, of course, got a rebel. And that's really when I started, you know, really changing a lot of the settings on the camera and always had it in tow. And I think I had like a, I think it was like an 18 to 300, mm-hmm. like a zoom lens, you know, and I was like, oh, it's my great wildlife lens, but it was <laughs> not. And, <laughs> and then of course, the, um, we would always go hunting as a family. We started with turkey hunting and other hunting, and I always took my camera with me. So my family and I have a deep love and appreciation for animals. And I was just, capturing them, you know, a couple of photos here and there, just opportunistic. But when I really decided, you know, I love wildlife so much and I love seeing seeing the wildlife and experiencing it, when you set out with more intention, you know, then your opportunities and your, your images are much better, but you have to have more patience and time. And my family doesn't quite have mm. much of that to... Like when I was photographing the bears, they were like, okay, you got a couple of pictures. Are you ready to go? You know, they don't understand that you might actually stay with that animal
0: mm-hmm. until
2: your opportunity is passed so that you don't miss that one yeah. shot that you might've really wanted. You know, that's harder. Mine for are them. all
0: about just leaving me. They, they know at this point that this could be an all day and probably will be an all day experience. So we're just going to go on and do our thing. Now, if there was Mm -hmm. a bear and it was closer, obviously they wouldn't leave me in that scenario. But more than willing to just drop me off when there's, you know, an elk rut, rut frenzy going on. And that's the end Mm -hmm. of it. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. The, The running joke is, you know, if we're on a trip and I've got my camera gear with me and there's an animal. They're like, Oh, great. We're going to be here for a while. You know, they know, they know. One time I took my son to the doctor and, and I happened to have my camera with me because sometimes I never leave home without it. And we came out of the doctor's office and there were little baby raccoons and in, in by these trees. And I was like, Oh, no, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, you don't know, get the camera. And, you know, 35 minutes later, my, my son was like, mom, like, how long are we going to be here? I've been at the doctor for an hour and you've been doing this for at least half an hour and I'm starving. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, just a couple more shots. And he was like, you said that 10 minutes ago, (laughs) you know? So they know, but their patience level for it is. Yeah. I don't think that they would, they would probably Mm -hmm. sit all day in a, in a blind to go hunting, but not to photograph. So
1: yeah,
0: my son, he he'll, hang with me and he does a good job but the rest of them are it's, it's no point of, it's not going to happen yeah yeah jason's jason's
2: yep. son has hung out with him a good stretch too yeah yeah. yeah. he's he was know. my
1: buddy there for a while he's still, he still is obviously but he doesn't get out as much on the photography trips but uh yeah my wife's very much like Ron's. she used to go with me all the time when i first started um, I think it was a novel thing for her. She got to like to see the animals, especially bears. And uh, it, it only took a couple trips and she was like, yeah, I'm good. You go ahead and have fun. <laughs> yeah, You know, that, and it's the same thing you said. They just, they don't understand sitting there. You know, they saw the bear. You got a picture. Let's go. You know, or you saw the elk. You got a picture. Let's go. And once they learn that that's not how it works, they're like, okay, yeah.
0: So that's okay though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask another hard question, and we'll hope that not a lot of your portrait clients are listening to the podcast. Well, I hope that they are, <laughs> but in, in asking for an honest answer to this question, do you find that uh, it's easier to be patient with animals than it is with people?
2: Yes, and sadly, um, sadly, I think that just comes from I almost truly feel like every wildlife experience is really special and what a blessing it is to even have those opportunities many people go their whole lives and never see you know sometimes Mm -hmm. an outlet they've never seen a baby owl um you know there's many things that people don't have the opportunity to see so generally even if i've seen you know deer or elk hundreds of times that In that moment, it feels like such a rare, beautiful, never to happen again moment that I'm very um, excited and mesmerized in that time with portraits. I guess it's like, hey, you know, conversating usually throughout the portrait session is more enjoyable than posing and moving the people around, you know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Wildlife I, is just more exciting.
0: You know, I think like most of us, I would rather photograph wildlife on my own, but there are times, you know, that I've had with both of you where it's nice to have somebody to talk to in between those moments, you know, in between those never to happen again moments that you discussed, because I I think you're absolutely correct. I always tell people I, I love to see what happens when no one's there. So I just sit down, hunker down and and just let it take place and watch it happen. Sometimes take a picture.
2: I enjoy photographing alone, and I think photographing alone has taught me more about myself, especially about patience, um, mm-hmm. and or maybe anticipation. Sometimes they get too excited and too impatient, and I miscalculate. You know, now I've kind of learned to like maybe study the animals a little more, so that I can maybe go where they're going or, you know, I don't always get it right, but um, it's taught me a little bit more about watching them and observing them and definitely with patience. But I feel like also photographing with people is really great because you, you're sharing a common like and love with these people and you can chat about it. But in the same time, I've also met some really great people and great conversations that don't Mm -hmm. always, you know, revolve around photography or wildlife. And that's really great. So I want to
0: delve into that just a little bit more. We've had some people on, they talk about, you know, it, it is tough for a female to be out on their own. How do you, how do you feel? Have you, and I'm totally putting you on the spot on this, so feel free to shut it down and we'll delete it but how do you feel being in the field by yourself do you do you feel safe have you ever not felt safe what are the majority of your experiences like
2: the majority of my experiences have been really great i um i can't say that i've really been in opportunities where i maybe couldn't feel unsafe um mm-hmm. a lot of national parks generally feel safe to me. Um even you know, once I was hiking in a new place I had never been all alone, not a lot of people around and I crossed a couple of they were all males on the trail mm-hmm. and you know, thoughts cross your mind, you know, like I'm all alone, out of nowhere, you know, but I've never felt unsafe. I think the only thing that's hard for a female is the the use of a bathroom (laughs) which (laughs) i mean you talk about you know especially if there's a lot of people around you know it's a little easier for guys to take care of that and i am certainly not afraid to use a restroom outside in fact i would generally prefer that over you know porta potty or national park bathroom but uh you know that aspect is probably the one thing that i found difficult mainly too because Mm -hmm. you photograph there are more males photographing than females so
1: have you have you ever not felt welcomed or you know as you know as a female photographer so to speak quote unquote have you ever had that be an issue or have you felt like you how's that been for you
2: i think there's only uh i think there's only been a few times when i maybe felt like that um it was never really anything intentionally said it's just Mm uh it was more of an attitude, so I don't know if that was something I perceived or took that way. Maybe it was unintentional on that um, on that person's part, but um, I haven't experienced that a you know a whole lot actually.
1: It's good to hear. We've heard some different differing stories on that for sure. So. Yeah, and I th- that was a good question.
2: Yeah, I think in fact, the first time somebody you know came up to me, Jason, oh, you were with me, yeah. and they'd asked me. Yeah, and, I think they actually. Know, yeah, that's Amy where is. you got a couple
1: of extra names like Awesome <laughs> and Amy so and some other ones, right? So, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and it happened to be a guy, and um, you know, and it, he he equally gave me respect as a photographer, yeah. so absolutely, that was nice. Yeah.
0: Well, the, yeah. it's just something that I'm curious about because I I guess and it, Mike's going to hate me for this because I'm thinking too much before I talk, but. <laughs> I think it probably depends a little bit on where people are. I think in the West, I, I don't want to say that there's no bad eggs, but in the, in the mountain West, I think that for the most part, people are respectful and there, you know, there are times obviously where it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to run into a disrespectful person and it's going to be a negative experience. But for the most part, I, I, I think I've definitely gone out more and came back with more friends than I've gone out and had a a negative experience that impacted me overall, but I'm coming from a male perspective. And, and like you said, there are, there tend to be more guys out there, but more and more, there are a lot of ladies that are shooting and a lot of ladies that are shooting on their own. And so I, you know, I think that if, if all experiences were negative negative that wouldn't necessarily be the case. And so I thought that there, there probably was some positive, um, or the majority of experiences that you had were, were positive and, and that's what kind of kept you going. But I, I had to ask the question.
2: Yeah, definitely. They've, yeah, they've mostly been positive. And I sometimes wonder, I like to photograph big game or more specifically, like game animals and, oh. You know, that's a heavily male-dominated area. So, you know, whether someone's respectful to me in the field, I often Mm -hmm. wonder, do they really respect that that's what I photograph? I mean, I guess that's just a question, personal question in my mind that I have. Um, And I would hope that maybe I photograph it in a way that they would, you Mm -hmm. know, have respect that that's what I photograph and think I do it well or equally as well as maybe a male might do
0: definitely it. for sure does uh we all know lee Winnicky uh lee's a colorado photographer just salt mm-hmm. of the earth guy um but he we were we were down photographing whitetail deer and lee says now ron i gotta have you look at this because i took the same shot as as amy but look how much more people like her shot than, than like mine, you know, he's wanting to know the difference. And (laughs) it's, uh, he had a lot of respect. He said, it's a great image, but I just, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. I said, you're not doing anything wrong. Lee. It's just a matter of getting it out there in front of people. And you know, I, your name comes up all the time. I know my, my, uh, mule deer reflection in the water while they're drinking partner uh is somebody that you photograph quite a bit courtney nally and i um every time we get together the mule deer go to drink in the water i don't know why <laughs> i don't know what it is but we've had some great experiences that way one time we both about fell in the lake because we were mm-hmm. hanging off a dock trying to get a better angle but yeah but yeah you know, I know that there's photograph. people out there that you photograph with um, more often than others, of course. But uh, I think every time I've seen you, honestly, you've been by yourself and, you know, we, we visit and then you're off to the next spot. Just try to keep it that way, I guess. Is that where you're most comfortable?
2: Um, I don't know if that's really where I'm most comfortable. You know, I, I have I think. In comfortable areas, comfortable scenarios, I'm comfortable with them. Um, I have an opportunity to go to Alaska this summer, and I've had to give it a lot of thought. Um, I've never camped, you know, where grizzly mm-hmm. bears are. I've never camped with strangers, um, let alone shared a tent with a stranger. I've never been on a little puddle jumper plane, you know, coming mm-hmm. and going. I've never, there's a lot of things I have not done. And I keep telling myself like, I don't know if you should do this. And then I keep telling myself, no, yeah. you should do this. It will be okay. I think I'm going to do it just because I need, I would like more photographic experiences.
0: So you've got that coming up. What are some other things that you'd like to do that you haven't been able to at this point?
2: Um. Well, I mean, there's, my list is pretty big of things that I'd like to do. You know, it's a big, big, beautiful world God gave us. And I think every time if I crossed one thing off my list, I'd probably add another, you know, the list would just be continuous. I would like to photograph every species of Turkey, um, in North America, um, you know, I'd love to go down to Florida. I haven't done that. You know, I'd love to specifically go to photograph turkeys.
0: No, not well, uh, not to me. But That
2: sounds like such an uh, odd thing to want to do. Uh, I'd love to go to Africa. Yeah, I would love to do that. I'd love to go to Africa. I'd love to see polar bears. You know, I love grouse. I think I'd like to photograph. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of species of grouse, but they're all so beautiful to me. I'd love to photograph them all. Even you know overseas, something like that, that would be great.
0: Yeah, I've been looking at the black grouse over on, you know, in the UK, and then there's a keperkolly, I think they're called in yes. Norway. They're huge, big
2: mm-hmm.
0: lecking bird, but they're they're gorgeous and
2: they're beautiful.
0: I just see all these pictures with because it's a, it's a little bit cooler there in the spring, and all these pictures with breath while they're. You know, while they're displaying or strutting mm-hmm. on the legs, and man, they're just gorgeous birds. But I agree mm-hmm. with you. I had a yeah, I would love. It to wasn't be disappointing there. because I got to see them, but yeah. I pulled into this. I was in Orlando for a training a long time ago when I was still in law enforcement, and in the evening, I just went out as often as I could to uh, to just see whatever I could see. I went out, saw manatees. But one thing that I wanted to see, like you were talking about, was the Osceola turkey. And I pulled into this wildlife refuge. And I mean, I barely pulled into it. And it's like they let them out of the gate to greet you right there. There's a bunch of turkeys. First thing in the gate. So it was kind of a letdown. I thought it was going to be more of a challenge, but (laughs) it was fun. Unfortunately, it wasn't, you know, they weren't strutting, but I I can definitely relate to you with mm. trying to get all the subspecies of turkeys, and even in that one in uh, uh, Mexico and Central America, I think is about the prettiest turkey, one of the prettiest birds yes. there is. But yeah, I'd like to do yes, that. Yes, I yeah, would do that. I mean, well, let's go. Yeah, I think let's it's make a, a trip. That <laughs> one's a little bit more difficult than you know getting all the the North American four, but I'm definitely down to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So who are you going to Alaska with?
2: Um, Sean Sharp. I met Sean. Well, Sean lived. I don't know if he still lives in Colorado. Anyways, he was based in Colorado. And mm-hmm. oddly enough, I had posted a picture of uh, Fox kits. And he had said something about how he would love to see fox kits. He has yet to see them. And we were following each other on Instagram, and so I looked through his work, and I was like, I can't believe he's never seen fox kits. I mean, he's got you know some great stuff on here. I messaged him and told him where a Foxton was, where he could go see you know fox kits. He never made it over there. But then I ended up in the Tetons with a group of people, and I mm-hmm. met him. And I said, oh, we follow each other on Instagram. I messaged you about fox kits. And he was like, oh, wow, that's, people don't usually do that. That was so nice of you. Anyways, so we've just kind of, you know, if you post a picture here and there and I comment or whatever, and I always tell him, like, one of these days I'm going to go on a bear tour with you because I really want to do it. He does, you know, tours, Africa, Alaska. And he messaged me. A while back and said he had a special tour and he thinks that i would really enjoy it and i should come and so um i said you know what i have this nice new lens i should really put it to work that would do <laughs> that would be great except
0: that might be too too long up there
2: yeah i know i talked about it. actually I told oh, can... my husband you know i think i yeah. need a 70 to 200. i think i need that that's the next purchase so yeah,
0: but up there it doesn't really matter because the background is almost as spectacular as the wildlife. So, well, and the daylight a hours, bit are more long. depth of field. Yeah, so exactly. It's,
2: you know, the sunlight
0: Strip
2: and the lights a little different. Yeah. About, yep. Maybe Jason yeah, will just
0: let sure. me borrow his. That that's a
1: possibility. He probably would. Yeah. <laughs> that's a strong possibility. Although
2: you might, although you might need that for your own personal
1: trip. When are you leaving? When's your uh, bear trip? Uh, Not to get too
2: yeah, it's like the end of July. End of part, July, yeah.
1: Oh, well, it might work. I'm back on the 25th of July, so. Hit
0: him up. If, it yeah. might be worn out by the time he gets back. <laughs> right, <though>. yeah. <laughs> It'll be put to good use. So it will be fishing bears for sure then? Yes.
2: Yes. That's awesome. Yes. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, you should be. Yeah, that's the, that's what I've never done. I've not made it up there for fishing bears yet, and I really, 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 really yeah. want to. So I'm hoping this summer.
2: I'm doing that. And, and then again, um, I, I generally don't get a lot of time in the summer to photograph velvet for a moose or for elk. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I can get a few more days of that. Last year, there were some shots, of course, in my mind that I really, really wanted to achieve, and it just didn't come to fruition. So you know i always say there's next year so hopefully maybe some of those shots can pan out Mm -hmm. um but next on the i'm doing turkeys now and then next i'm really gonna put in a lot of time for uh dusky grouse when they're strutting um i like to see them with their tails up and their red and their throat um i think they're beautiful birds
0: do you have a lot of them down there
2: not i have to travel at least an hour to get to where I know some are. Mm -hmm. Um, You would think there would be, I mean, I live in an area, I would think there should be more, but there's really, it's hit or miss. And there is an hour that's, this drive is about an hour and it does have fairly regular sightings Mm -hmm. without me having to travel, you know, maybe more than that. Yeah. But really this winter too, or this spring, I would love to get ptarmigan in their white. that's one, that's one, uh, Peter, Itzmar. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. He always gets the most amazing. Yeah.
0: He's had some amazing stellar images. Shots here so lately.
2: good. Yeah. Yes. I, I always love his images are so, so good. And so I always tell myself, Oh, I want to go see them. I want to do that. I want to get something like that, you know? Um, so, Who knows? Maybe I'll message him and be like, Hey, do you need a partner?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know where some, you need
2: somebody to go help. I know
0: where some Fox, Fox kits are if you want to trade, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. When
0: we were in Yellowstone earlier this, well, it was this winter, uh, Peter and his wife came over to the house we had rented and had dinner with us. It was great to visit with them and, and then see what he got on that trip. And then of course, after that, he's he's a pretty active photographer as well.
2: Yeah. He does great work. He's always... His, I love his work. He has beautiful work. And I love some of his artistic. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I was telling myself the other day. If I'm in an opportunity, you know, like maybe when it's just me and I can practice using different artistic techniques. Sometimes when I'm photographing, for example, elk, I don't in the moment I'm thinking like, okay, you know, he's here, he's bugling. I've got to capture this. And I don't slow down and say, you know, try this or Mm -hmm. try something different with this bird or because I get wrapped up in the moment. But I think I would really like to tell myself or train myself. Okay. Try a different technique or photo style, something more artistic do step outside your comfort zone. He has some, you know, like some of his shots, I'm just like, oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I should do that more often. I should try that. Yeah,
0: that's the challenge, though, not getting wrapped up in the moment and thinking outside the box.
2: Oh, and I do that a lot. I really do that a lot. And it's so funny because, you know, I love turkeys. I see turkeys all the time. I live in an Mm -hmm. area where there's turkeys all the time. And yet I still get so excited You know, i was so excited in the moment that I was literally like breathing heavy and like, oh, you know, (laughs) first couple of struts of the season, though, maybe I'm maybe, you know, maybe I'll be like better the next couple of times I go out. But um, I guess if you're not that excited, then.
0: Yeah. Why do it?
2: Maybe you're it's not. Yeah.
1: Amy, that's something I've tried to do more of, too. And I think one one thing I found that helps um, is really trying to have those shots and those ideas in your head. Before you go out, Um, you know, with the goal of capturing those moments while you're out there. So when you have that turkey there and he's slowly walking across the field strutting or whatever, you can slow your shutter speed down or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Right. And just be more intentional about it. If I don't do that, if I don't have those shots in my head, then I end up with the traditional the same old stuff I've always done just because that's where my mind's at, you know. So anyway, just some food for thought. Mm. Uh, I found that to be very helpful for me, but yeah.
2: Yeah, that's great. And I think sometimes I've had shots like that in my mind and then, and then I, you know, the turkey's gone or whatever, or whatever it was in that moment. And I'll say, "Ah, what, what were you doing? You forgot to try that. You didn't even, you (laughs) didn't even give it a go, you know, Mm, (laughs) next time.
1: Have you been doing any video with your R5?
2: I have been doing video now listen i am not some people are really great at video okay uh darren he's fantastic at video Mm -hmm. i mean every video he puts up i'm always like he's so good at that (laughs) i am not um but i always i do (laughs) i do tell myself you know you should you know whether it's a great video or not you should capture some of what you see on video i of course like video to me, you watch it, you see it, but I, I get stuck in the habit of still doing pictures because I'm still trying to create something with my pictures. I'm in that mode of, you know, this is what I'm looking for today or hoping that I might get presented to me today because maybe that might be something I want to see printed, right. you know, and with video, it, you watch it. I know everybody loves videos, but yeah, I still love you. photos. <laughs> but there is something really magical about, you know, if if this is a, you know, I'm here watching this grouse and I, it's, it's not something that people see all the time. Maybe I should capture a little video of it so that they can see right. what grouse do, yeah. you know. So, no, I'm not a great videographer and I haven't really figured that out. I don't know that I probably will, but (laughs) we'll see. I mean, I'm still feeling like I'm mastering a lot of the techniques with my camera. I mean, I've only been photographing, you know, wildlife uh, since 2019. Um, And I feel, you know, like I said earlier, every time I go out, I really do feel like I'm learning something new. And in fact, I really wouldn't buy new gear until I felt like I was worthy of purchasing new gear. That being said, I think to myself, like, wow, new gear really does make a difference. But I wanted to make sure that I at least had some skill set before I spent money on equipment. And then when I felt like I had, you know, maybe had that, then I went ahead and, you know, bought better equipment. And then I ask my friends, you know, hey, what is it that you think I can improve upon? And then they tell me, oh, well, I don't know if we want to answer that. But then they give me great feedback. and It's helpful.
0: It's always good to have friends that will give you good feedback. Not everybody will.
2: I'm always open for positive, good feedback. I mean, you know, in a critiquing manner. Yeah, exactly. Um, This is what you could do differently. Yeah, you know. and this is a yes. Mother's
0: Day episode, so don't ask your mom because she loves everything that you do.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> this is true. This is true. And listen, and listen. I grew up in Texas, and I grew up in West Texas. And seeing deer—I mean, I don't really remember seeing deer as a kid. I mean, I saw reptiles and spiders and birds. That's really <laughs> all I remember. Okay, so moving to Colorado. I think that's why I love deer and elk so much. I was just like, Oh my gosh, the the deer in our yard. They're so amazing, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I'll post a, a photograph of a moose or or an elk. And my mom will say, is that a moose? Is that an elk? You know, I'm like, mom, (laughs) you should know this by now, (laughs) but you know, they, you know, they still live in Texas and Mm. they don't see it as much as we do. So she, she, she loves of course all my pictures. Absolutely. And my mother-in-law, too. She loves all my pictures, and she always tells me they're green.
0: So that's <laughs> yeah, but mother's does she buy
2: them? That unconditional. <gasps> <laughs> well, I don't know that they've actually bought them. I've done calendars for them. I've done some prints for them. I don't know that they've actually purchased something. Yeah, <laughs> I, That's good to know. That's good to know. Although I think my mother-in-law... Uh, uh, you know, has given me a couple of times, like, you know, maybe for Christmas or birthday, a little mm-hmm. contribution to help buy yes. my new lens. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Help the habit. That's <laughs> I charge. My mom mm-hmm. loves them all. So I charge her. It keeps me going. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> she fed you all she that did. great yeah. food, Ron. <laughs>
0: She did always make sure I went out with food, or if she was gone, she made it for me. So,
2: right, and she thought about you first before she was going to go exactly do something.
0: Right. And now you're making me feel guilty again. Thanks. We we started with a guilt trip, right. and we'll end with a guilt trip. Yeah, no kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of one thing I've taken away
1: for sure from this conversation is how maybe selfish I've I've been in my in my endeavors for sure and how grateful I am for my wife and for her being the mom for our children and always making sure they're taken care of for sure. Cause yeah, it's a, that's definitely a, something I need to be more grateful for, for sure.
0: So thanks for bringing that to light, Amy.
2: Well, I Absolutely. hope you show them that on Thursday. Yeah.
0: Where can people find you Amy on social media and you have a website on a trail in Colorado, on it well any uh, trail in colorado
2: yes you can find me on a trail in colorado right now you can find me uh trying to you know get the turkeys to you know turkeys i love what i love about turkeys is it doesn't matter you know they just love being the sound in the woods so i'll give my little you know and they're like you know (laughs) and i'm like i'm such a good turkey caller anyways i know i'm not (laughs) but you can find me outside yelping at some turkeys for sure um really right now I'm just on Instagram. Um I am working on a website. I do have TikTok but I just uh I haven't really figured out how to really use TikTok just yet so but I do have TikTok. I
0: haven't I haven't figured out how I ha- how to have a desire to use TikTok yet but
2: yeah. I mean I I like watching other people's TikToks. I'm always like, "Oh, that was really good." But
0: Jason uh
2: I don't yeah, know that exactly. I'm the creator. Jason
0: keeps yet. me entertained with TikToks. <laughs> <So>.
2: <laughs> yes, he. Me as well. Me
1: and as what's well. your uh, what's your Instagram name out there, Amy?
2: Adventure.amy.
0: It's easy. It is easy. She's always yes. on an adventure.
2: It is easy, and I've been told that it really should have been awesome, Amy. But
0: <laughs> Did your mom tell you? <laughs> we'll that? stick
2: with Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Lance (laughs) Lance Crew told me that.
0: Thanks for taking the time to be with us. I know just based on the conversation, you took care of everything else first and then jumped on with us. But we certainly appreciate getting a little bit of your time and uh, tell your family thanks for, for sharing it as well. You've been listening to the Wild and Exposed podcast. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and a review. And make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get every episode we produce as soon as we drop it. And as always, thanks for tuning in.
1: We're gonna make it someday. Nothing's gonna get in
0: our way. We will be the biggest band in town. Round and round the world we'll go.